0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. espn honolulu hope you're having a great morning stay cool today it is hot and muggy and stuffy it's going to be a high of 87 today it's going to feel like something in the lower 90s you see our uh, our trade winds get up and go have got up and went with <laughs> that positive thought here's something positive th- uh, things you need to know heading on into work today we got rainbow wahine volleyball tickets to give away today for uh Hawaii against Fullerton.
1: Yeah, and that's on Friday night and hopefully continuing their winning ways. They did win on Saturday at UC San Diego and uh, still trying to stay up top the Big West standing. Santa Barbara is the only undefeated team. Hopefully they can get back to first place. Kate Lang, the outstanding setter for the Rainbow Wahine. will be on our show tomorrow morning about
0: 8.35. I don't like us cheating on Amber (laughs) Igeti.
1: She's going to feel left out.
0: All right. Well, welcome, Kate Lang. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Wahine tickets to give away. Now, um, this is going to be a fun match because Fullerton has only won one match this entire year. So just here's why you want to go. It's going to be the fastest volleyball game in the history of athletics. <laughs> I'm saying this one's going to go an hour and 14 minutes.
1: See, I always look at the time and, that's, and the it, sweeps.
0: It's gonna, it's, it wouldn't be that long if they didn't have those timeouts.
1: Yeah, well, that, they don't have the the long one between sets two and three anymore. I think that used to be a ten or twelve minute break. Now it's just five minutes. But uh, I feel bad for the concessionaires. You know, you there, you want to sell your nachos and your dipping dots hey, and all your you good know what? stuff. It's
0: easy markdown sale, <laughs> yeah. markdown sale on chicken fingers. You're not going to get too all many right, five
1: been... set matches there.
0: All right, we've got a uh, big weekend in high school sports. A couple of big matchups coming up in sports in high school. I'm trying to say. <laughs>
1: I think the biggest one, we're gonna have Kalani Takase on in a little while. Can't wait to talk about this one. Number one and number two in a lot of people's mind a lot of people's mind, Kahuku and Campbell this weekend. And you know, a couple of things. Campbell, we've been talking about more so in the last few weeks and how dominant they've been and how outstanding a team they have. We know enough about Kahuku, but even Mililani into that mix. I mean, they've seem like they score sixty points every week now and let up either zero or seven. They've been on yeah. a roll as well.
0: Right, so Mililani is playing at uh, Kapolei. So Mililani, Kapolei, Campbell, and Kahuku. Punahou has a bye. But what I was really looking at, too, is on the girls' side in volleyball, uh, number one and number two, Punahou and Kamehameha. Now, that would be a lot more competitive, I think, than the aforementioned volleyball match we were talking about. Hey, you know what? Punahou, Kamehameha, and even though it's one against two, I mean – they're that close. It's really 1 and 1A. And you don't know where to put Punahou or Kamehameha in uh, volleyball right now. But we'll find out. We'll find out coming up on Thursday, actually, right?
1: I know it's later on. Don't forget about yeah. Iolani. Iolani usually one of the better teams in the state every year as well.
0: Yeah, Iolani's, uh, um, They're you know, they're ranked. Uh, not like this year, like Punahou and, um, Punahou and Kamehameha. You
1: enjoyed saying that, didn't you?
0: I, I am a big fan <laughs> of Kamehameha. All right, let's move on. Major League Baseball playoffs start today. You can hear it on the radio right here on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Just a couple of hours away, all four wild card rounds will start today. Both American League matches will uh, games will start today. One thing I find really interesting, and I had to clarify it with Josh yesterday, I thought I was reading a typo, but the way it works now, it's the best out of three, and the team with the better record, the higher seed, they get to host all three games. The lower seed, for example, Texas is at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gets all three games at home. You don't get any game in your stadium if you're the lower seed in this round. I don't really like Mm. that.
0: Say that again. There's I no, didn't understand.
1: Okay, so it's a best out of three now in the wild card round. They started that recently. Well, and, that's
0: good, but that's a good. Oh, not okay. Right? Yeah, because but we Texas, don't want a best out of one. No, no.
1: Texas at uh, Texas at Tampa, Toronto at Minnesota in the AL. But both Minnesota and Tampa are home today. They host all three games. In other words, there's no travel because they don't take days off. So the home team gets every game at home. You don't have to go to the other team's stadium. I think that's too much of an advantage.
0: Or is it too much travel to play one game, travel? It's too spread out. I'm guessing schedule makers are saying, you know, you're going to have to take a day off in between every single game. Remember, they're designing this for...
1: What? Television. Hey.
0: hey, hey. But they don't know matter who's matter playing. I, it doesn't right. matter what's fair.
1: Yeah, they, they don't they don't uh, determine they don't know in advance who's gonna play and the schedule's already set. I again they don't wanna have the travel because they don't wanna have the days off, but I don't like that for the other team. Again, Miami, Arizona, Toronto, and Texas are all in the playoffs and will none of, none of them will host a home game this round. Mm. Makes it a little tougher to advance.
0: Well, at least they're in the playoffs. It yeah, that's true. That's Se- another way of looking at it. could be the Seattle Mariners.
1: Yeah, yeah, or the New York Mets. Now, nah, you don't yeah. want to be them.
0: Well, I mean, at least the Mariners almost made it in and so that's close. why that's why you want to start out like the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm. And not like the Seattle Mariners started out, right?
1: Good point. Tampa was on fire, cooled down a little. Seattle started off really slow, but came just a little bit short with that strong second half of the season.
0: Do you have our schedule in front of you? I hate to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. I can look it up on my end, too. Do you have the schedule in front of uh, you? I, I will, well, uh, I know I have the broadcast. schedule
1: for who's playing. I, I mean, the games are coming up I mean, on, I, on ESPN, Honolulu, as soon as we wrap it up. First pitch at 9.08, Texas at Tampa Bay. And then Toronto and Minnesota will start at ten thirty eight. That should be on CBS fifteen hundred. Because some of these games do overlap in this round. There'll be okay. like two games going on at the same time.
0: Why?
1: There's four games a day, and oh, if, I see, and if I there see, are I three see. hour games, let's say, which but they'll be not, close to.
0: Yeah, you gotcha. They're not yeah. doing the whole the NFL thing with two games at the same time on Monday Night Football.
1: Not well. They overlap, but not starting within an hour of each other. No, right, not quite the same. You,
0: And that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Right, right, right. And that doesn't make any sense for TV anyway. All right, so coming up uh, just after 9 o'clock then, it's going to be Texas and Tampa Bay on ESPN Honolulu, and it's going to be Toronto and Minnesota at 1030-ish on CBS 1500 for your listening pleasure. Now, speaking of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball attendance. Topped $70 for the first time since 2017.
1: The fact that it went up just in itself, no matter how much it was, although that's a really nice number, it really says a lot. I'm curious if it's maybe based on the, uh, the, the shortening of games with the pitch clock and everything else, where the games are now averaging maybe 215, 220, as opposed to three hours and three hours and 20 minutes. I wonder if that's a part of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the new rules you're talking about, uh, bigger bases. Do you think fans went for bigger bases? (laughs) I don't think
1: that's the reason we're going to a game. Hey, look at that base. It looks so much cooler than last year.
0: No, I'm just saying bigger, you know, more offense, easier chance to be safe. That could be. You know, it could be if you look at the
1: numbers, and I haven't looked at those numbers as far as offense, but we did have quite a few high-scoring teams. Uh, a lot of guys with enormous numbers in home runs and RBIs this year, like a Matt Olsen. That could be part of the offense as far as power seems to have gone up. The batting averages in the top 10, and you and I have discussed, have actually gone down. You have guys in the top 10 hitting 285. That I can't remember happening almost ever.
0: Wow. The uh, um, the pitch clock, I remember, it, it took it – took pl- it took pitchers a little a little while, even they started out with, it, I believe, in spring training. It took them a little while, but seems like they're all used to it now, that it's not a thing anymore, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I said that at the beginning. Every rule change, and I'm against a lot of these rule changes in any sport, but we get used to it. DH in the National League, although I, I don't like the runner on second base in the 10th inning. That I don't like. But other yeah. things like the pitch clock, a lot of pitchers have adjusted. You're totally correct. They might not like it, but they've adjusted.
0: I still like that. Anyway... They, they are up so nearly it's almost 71 million people uh, went to a baseball game so that's up six million people just from last year I mean that's how big this increase of of um, of attendance was that's that's pretty incredible but and they've been bleeding bleeding fans for decades
1: right. You
2: know?
0: So to have that
1: kind of increase in one year, they would have probably have been happy if it happened in over two- or three-year stretch. And you just imagine what maybe the future is as more people become aware of it and maybe people who went this year. I, I went to a Dodgers game in August, and I love the fact that the game lasted two hours and 13 minutes. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I, mean I, like, I don't mind being at a baseball game a little longer, but the flow of the game was a lot easier to enjoy with the pace that they had.
0: Yeah, and there's just a lot less spitting and scratching going <laughs> yeah. on. You know, the Adjusting quarters, the
1: glove yes. like it's going to fall
0: off or something, <laughs> the batting glove. <laughs> All right, uh, is Jamal still on the line at 808-296-1420? Jamal, are you there?
3: Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. It's an honor to speak. I have a question for Gary Dickman. What are your thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks adding Dame Lillard and the Boston Celtics adding Drew Holiday? Are those two teams... You're prohibitive to win the Eastern Conference. Thank you.
1: Well, they right. definitely.
0: We're changing subjects. Go yeah. ahead, Gary.
1: Uh, they are definitely the favorites. Miami kind of stood pat, but actually, they lost Max Struz and Gabe Vincent. They didn't get anybody, and but, they've been missing out but, on all the free agents but lately.
0: Miami did gain a really cool hairdo.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Wow that 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 in itself is uh, that's an attention getter.
0: It's incredible. And it's team picture day. So you're going to have to look at that picture of his emo hair for like the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, that it, it, it was a weird. I look. love it. I it, love it. I like that he's you know he's he's energetic. He's trying to be a little funny, but he has it fun was, with everything.
0: He was a big flock of seagulls fan. apparently. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what it looked like for sure. That's what it looked like. Uh, Boston, though, they lose Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams, but you know they get Drew Holiday. I think it's an upgrade for them. They also lost Marcus Smart. Remember, they got Christoph Porzingis. Milwaukee oh. just wonder if the chemistry <laughs> is there.
0: You were making a joke, weren't you? Hey, he's, still, he's still <laughs>
1: a good player. He never reached the potential in the hype that he had.
0: The guy's but, like eight feet tall. He should score more. He
1: should, but he's had his moment. So, again, chemistry-wide, they and Milwaukee both have to make these new players mesh. But Dame Lillard, I'm sure, is happy. Giannis may be more happy than uh. the fact that he'll maybe want to stay a little longer than people might have thought otherwise.
0: Mm. Okay, so so it's a good move. Both teams are better today than they were last week. Yes, telling Jamal.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: Okay, all right. Who else are we looking at since we're talking about the NBA here? Well,
1: one thing I'm looking at the Clippers, who I I would expect to be in town today. They had everybody had their media day yesterday except for a couple of teams that maybe played exhibition games earlier. But everybody has now completed their media day. The Clippers play this Sunday at Mm -hmm. Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. They play the Utah Jazz, and their media day was in L.A. yesterday. I had forgotten that Russell Westbrook's on the team almost. We were talking about Paul George, Kawhi Leonard.
0: That Well, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, when they decide to play. True. you You think Kawhi Leonard is coming to Hawaii?
1: Well, yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's coming. Whether he, he plays he or not,
0: playing in Hawaii
1: I, I don't know.
0: Here. That's a good point. But you know what? We need all the millionaires to come and help out the economy. <laughs> yeah. So he's welcome to come.
1: Nothing like traffic on a Sunday afternoon. I'm sure I mean, it won't be that bad. It's a perfect time to have the game. I think it's Sunday at 3. And again, you, well, at least people won't be working, so the traffic shouldn't be too bad. I am I do uh, wonder. I haven't heard a ticket count yet, but hopefully a lot of fans will show up to see the NBA. It's just great having it here. But uh, yeah, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard yesterday saying, you know, the load management, all those new rules. I'm not a fan of that. The new rules aren't going to make me play more. I've yeah. never sat out a game because of load
0: management. I don't play right. if I'm hurt. No, what what he said, yeah, he said, I play when I'm healthy. So when you don't play a lot, it means, uh, what does Tanner Hayward say? Your best ability is your availability. Mm. It doesn't look very good on you when you're saying, I play when I'm healthy.
1: Well, I understand his point. I, I guess what he's trying to say is every game that he has missed, except in Toronto. He said in Toronto it was load management. Uh, but every game he misses is because of the injury, but it's, it's the injury-prone then.
0: And uh, I, and, well, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Of course he's injury-prone. But he it, the, the, the fact is, I mean, it's not his fault, and he's probably sick of answering those questions. Yes. And that's why he stays away from the media. But you know what? That's what you signed up for, dude. That, that's what you signed up for, showing up at press conferences as, answering questions.
1: Yeah, and he's not a fan. of I was, I was surprised he's indicated he would like to play in the Summer Olympics in Paris next year. I didn't think that would be anything Kawhi would do. Now, for whatever reason, I don't get that uh, perception of him, but that's kind of cool to hear him say that or at least read about it. I didn't hear it, but...
0: I, you know, they asked everybody, and maybe it was just an ESPN question for everybody because all the press conferences were yesterday, and they went around, and they just had these little snippets of players commenting on how they'd like to play in France. It's in France, right? How they'd like to play in the olympics and you know it was i can't remember who they showed they showed a bunch of people and they all said yeah i want to play i want to play and then he showed lebron james and he was like it was almost like he was saying if you'll have me i would like to play i mean how could lebron james not be on that team
1: That's interesting. I didn't hear it, but the the quote I read was, I'm interested in playing. Not if you'd have me, which changes it a little bit, which makes me feel a little bit better about it. At his age, if you're the Lakers, you don't want him playing in the Olympics because he needs his rest. You know, He's a senior in NBA years, (laughs) a big senior.
0: And he is, but he knows that this will be the last time he'll ever play in the Olympics, right? Right, And there's a lot of players who want to play because they don't have an NBA championship. But it's like kind of like Xander Shoffley in golf. I don't think he's won a major, but he's got a gold medal. I mean, it's it's better than nothing, right? right? That's true. All but- right, 17 minutes after the hour, we're the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu uh, weather. You heard about it? Uh, well, the trades are non-existent. The winds are light and variable. It's going to be hot today. It's going to just stay indoors and stay in air conditioning if you can. That's our advice. We'll check <laughs> your traffic and be right back on ESPN Honolulu. I am the other man. Yes, the other man. Good morning. It's Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, don't forget uh, Texas and Tampa Bay. American League wild card game one about 9.08 a.m. this morning on ESPN Honolulu. Keep listening. We've got Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets to give away. Uh, for the Fullerton game Friday night.
1: We go through this almost every year, I guess, because the baseball playoffs are great. They're fantastic. The only problem with the baseball playoffs is that there's that sport called football that's going on at the same time. So it always takes a backseat, even the playoffs. I mean, regular season NFL and college football are probably, well, I don't think they're more popular than the playoffs, but I know on our shows, of course, at least on this show, we're going to talk a lot more football, but we will keep you up to date on baseball. Again, the playoffs are fantastic. Uh, I find it interesting, Chris, to talking college football, where Hawaii does have that bye this week, is... Uh, uh, the, the talk about Colorado is dying down a little bit. Uh, Deion Sanders, they got one vote in the poll. It must have been somebody from Colorado. Uh, again, they're still a good team, and they sure. came back against USC in the second half to make it respectable. But they are not going to the college football playoffs. I think that talk can safely die down after some people at 2-0 and or 3-0 and were pretty right. certain about that. Uh, yeah. Good team and everything, but they come back down to earth
0: right and their their facing their, their schedule right now has been really really tough uh the last couple of games yeah. they've yeah. played but hey they made it respectable against USC I'll tell you that much and they're, they're they, you know they've got a lot of players injured star players are injured
1: but everybody has did we get Travis Hunter still out yes well yes.
0: also is uh Dion Sanders other son I can't remember his first name Shiloh his other son His other son that plays defense was out during the game, and he's a really good player. He is.
1: He had the pick six a few weeks ago. The thing is, in that game, and I didn't get to see it, we were at the UH UH-UNLV game, I think, right around the same time, is that USC was— I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I was watching it in the suite. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just letting you know.
1: Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Is that (laughs) USC had that game. It was like it was over at halftime. I think it was something like thirty-four nothing or whatever it was, what? thirty-four to six maybe at half. And no. again, US, it was USC made it respectable. Uh, Colorado made it more respectable. And I know that you know, um, coach of. USC, whose name is Lincoln Riley, wasn't exactly Uh happy that, you know, their defense let Colorado back in, so to speak, and the offense didn't do much in the second half. But I wonder if they just got a little complacent knowing that game was over. It's too early to do that at halftime. But that game looked like it was going to be a rout, and it was at halftime. But, again, give Colorado credit.
0: At halftime, it was 34 to 14. 14, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like UH, down by 20 at the half. But (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they did, they did come back. I mean, the uh, third quarter was pretty even, and then fourth quarter was all Colorado. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? 48 to 41, um, you know, it, okay, the first quarter was USC came out and scored, it had two touchdowns in the first quarter. Second quarter, it was 20 to 14 as far as scoring goes in that second quarter. Uh, and then, like I said, it was in the third quarter. It was fourteen to thirteen, and then fourteen to nothing. Uh, and I believe that yeah, that last touchdown for Colorado did come uh, with just you know not that much. Time right, it was left. late, late. Yeah. Right, but hey, you know what? <laughs> USC is undefeated, and USC probably is going to the college football playoffs. From uh, Colorado, where they've been to where they are, take away Coach Prime just five games in uh you have you know you beat nationally ranked tcu on the road you beat nebraska like everybody else you had a tough time against colorado state because it's a rivalry game and you still won uh you got killed by oregon but everybody gets killed by oregon and then you you know you you show have a respectable showing against usc that's a tough run i mean you have three out of your five teams are nationally ranked now Coming up, you get a little break because you get Arizona State (laughs) and Stanford. But then you got UCLA and Oregon State. Hey, Pac-12, that's a tough place to play this year. It is. The
1: conference is definitely going out with a bang uh, with all these teams being ranked. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they do get a team into the playoffs. USC and Oregon seem to be the most likely suspects, of course, right now at this point. I, I just didn't like the, two, the premature hype. It was way too early. And they're a good team. It they should exciting. be a bold team, Colorado. It was
0: exciting. It was exciting. They've got a quarterback who's going to be a first-round draft choice.
1: Yeah. But, again, people were giving Dion, I think, too much credit, too early. Again, Colorado State, it was a rivalry game, as you said. Sure. That game, I mean, when you were that good, as well as they were playing in the first couple of games, Colorado, to struggle against a team like that and actually get – fortunate to send the game to overtime on that 95-or-so-yard drive with like a minute or so left. You know, give them credit, also blame the Colorado State. But again, I think there'll be a bowl team this year, and that's it, which is okay. That's a major improvement for them, sure. Yeah. But, but, you know, when you're rushing the field beating Nebraska, Nebraska, like you said, everybody beats them. They're not a well, name team anymore, right now Leon at least.
0: Sanders didn't rush the field. No, but
1: the fans did.
0: So, hey, you know what? They're excited. They've got a winner for the first time in – I don't know. 20 years? What, probably a one bowl game in the you know. probably it's crazy.
1: but when you beat a ranked team you rush the field as long as it's a top 10 team. When you just and they sent a message out to students this week, don't the USC game if we beat them, please don't rush the field for the safety of the players. Well, yeah. you didn't have to worry about that, but
0: I, again, you know what? I think there's two people. There's two types of people out there. Ones that uh like the story of Dion Sanders because yeah. here's a guy who's who's, you know, doesn't have that much coaching experience. But even guys like Nick Saban say, this guy's a great coach. And then you have other people that go, oh, he's too flamboyant. He wears sunglasses. He has a gold chain. I don't like him. He has too much swagger. Well, I mean, he had swagger before when he's a Hall of Fame football player. And Nobody people didn't like him the mon- then. Well, I think people accepted it more. I think now you're saying, hey, stay in your lane. Mm, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're now a head coach. You can't wear sunglasses. You can't wear a big gold chain because that's not how old people do it. I think the younger people love Dion Sanders. Mm. Old people are just like, it's too much for me. It's just too much. Oh, stop it. Stop it. I,
1: I'm in the middle maybe, but I give him credit uh, for how he's handled you're not. it. not. Well, I, I'm not a basher, even though it might sound like that, and I think it is a great story. Again, I brought this up where somebody on radio a couple of weeks ago on this very own station on said— On this very
0: own station on, this, yeah. on radio? Yes. You're, you're as bad as I am.
1: They said this was the biggest story in college football in my lifetime, and that blew me away.
0: Were they six years old?
1: <laughs> no, they are about 60. Uh, that was an incredible story. Well,
0: you statement. know what? Were they in Colorado? That would make sense. No. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay, well, what's a bigger story? Come on.
1: Well, I would say, I mean, somebody with Hawaii ties, how about the Sugar Bowl year? How about June Jones turnaround? Um, You can No,
0: on a national level. On a national level, if you were that guy, what would be bigger than Deion Georgia
1: back-to-back championships, I would say, is one. I can think of 10 or 20. Boring? 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 There's
0: there's been a lot of back-to-back champions in college football. Well, enough where... Georgia, in today's day and age, where all the recruits are like, Oh, who's the best? Okay, I'll go to Georgia. You know, that's easy.
1: But I mean, Alabama, I think with their run, has been a great college football story.
0: No, that's not a run. It's a that's not a story. A run isn't a story. A story is something like, (laughs) a story is something like, you know, out of nowhere comes this great big star, right? Robert Griffin,
1: um, I was going to bring up, with that situation, when he came on his last year, when he won the Heisman, I had never heard of him the year before.
0: Well, nobody ever heard of Lamar Jackson either. But I'm you? saying
1: that's a great story. Somebody who'd never heard or became a star. Robert Griffin is a great story, an example of that.
0: It's a great story. Wouldn't you say Deion Sanders is a great story? No, a guy, no. A guy that coached youth football, Jackson State, for a couple of years, and now you come up and you uh, do it your way instead of everyone else's way. And you beat a nationally ranked team your first game of the year on the road.
1: It's not a great story because it's not over. It's a partial story, but also the fact that you let 50 plus late players leave, you kind of kicked them out. One of right. them, Brendan Rice, had two touchdowns for USC on Saturday. Jerry Rice's son. How'd that work oh, out, that's Dion? Oh,
0: funny, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, hey, uh, coming up here on ESPN Honolulu, we're going to get into uh, some high school football. Got some big matchups coming up this weekend with Kalani Takase from Scoring Live want to remind you, you can go to our website, ESPNHonolulu.com, and check out Athletes with a capital Eats. Cole Mousoff talks with uh, student athletes over some great grinds, and it's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. All right, we we're mentioning uh, earlier that we've got some uh, great uh, football, high school football matchups, great volleyball matchups, too, in high school coming up this weekend. Kalani Takase joins us now from ScoringLive.com. Good morning, Kalani.
3: Good morning, guys. How's it going?
1: Hey, Kalani, on. good to talk to you again. Before we talk about what's coming up ahead, some really big games, let's talk about last weekend. We were in Las Vegas, but we were keeping tabs on the Heine Luna and Baldwin. We could just kind of feel the emotions of everything involving in that game. And when the Heine Luna wins 42 nothing, I mean, a pretty cool story and pretty good sight on Saturday
3: night in, La- uh, in the big island, uh, in Maui. Huh? Yeah, it sounds like uh, you're you're still uh, got the Vegas hangover over there, Gary. Um, <laughs> A little bit. Uh, <laughs> I am very jealous, but uh, yeah, the Lunas—that was the, uh, the, the that's the story of the weekend, right? Maybe the story of the season, uh, and incredibly touching just to see how uh, you know the whole island, the whole community just came together, including Baldwin fans, their team, their marching band. Uh, everything was for. Uh, the people of Lahaina and and, and that team, um, which is synonymous with you know that whole west side of Maui, and uh, you know they they did it a little bit different than usual. You know they they've been a run heavy team, and, and this time they came out and their first three touchdowns were uh, passes. I mean play action passes that were set up by the run, but mm. their quarterback you know threw it seventeen times. Which uh, sometimes there's a uh, whole season goes by that Lahaina Luna doesn't throw it seventeen times. So um, they're, they're They've clearly worked on some things. They are, uh, you know, expanding that offense from just a run-heavy offense, and, and uh, they've got a lot of uh, veteran guys on that team, and they're, they're clearly motivated this season for sure.
1: I know this is not the priority, Kalani, but I had somebody ask me this yesterday. I, I wasn't sure how this worked. They only have a five-game schedule this year, Lahaina Luna does. Are they still going to be eligible for postseason?
3: Yes, they are. So in the MIL uh, this season, just uh, divisional games count. So Lahaina is Division 1, and so their games against uh, Maui and Baldwin are, are what counts in the standings.
1: Okay, that's great to know, and hopefully they will continue to have success. Uh, The other games last week that I thought were interesting, Mililani over Waianae, I I guess we thought Mililani should win and would win. It seems like almost every time I look, they're scoring in the 60s and their opponent is in single digits. In this case, no points for Waianae, but they're a team where maybe people aren't talking about them as much as Kahuku and Campbell out of the OIA in the Open Division, but Mililani's looking like they're a great team right now.
3: Yeah, hard to you know, hard to kind of say that Milan flying under radar at six and one and, and number three in the state, but but they are a little bit, and I think that's that's because of the you know the uh, the strong season that Campbell has put together, and we've talked at length about uh, you know their quarterback Jaron Kiavi Sangapolateli, but uh, Keeney McMillan over in Milan, he's put together a nice season, uh, kind of quietly, as you said, and you know he's thrown twenty two touchdowns against one pick. <laughs> uh, the 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 problem with with that is they don't have a backup quarterback. They really don't. And uh, so, you know, you've seen Keeney having to play uh, the whole game, you know, in these blowouts. And and it's really their success is is based upon his health. You know, the past two seasons he's he's been hurt. Uh, He had season-ending injuries in in the past two seasons. And so um, keeping him healthy is going to be paramount to Milani's success this year.
1: Kalani Takase from scoringlive.com joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Wait, one wait, of the big games. For- they
0: use the high school transfer portal that everyone uses to get more quarterbacks?
3: <laughs> oh, wow. No?
2: Okay.
0: no?
3: <laughs> there might be one of those uh, off air discussions we got to have. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, The game of the week, I think, obviously, this week, speaking of Mililani being number three, is with number one and number two, and Kahuku and Campbell at Campbell on Saturday night. That should be an unbelievable game. I know I asked you this, I think, a week or two ago, but your thoughts Mm -hmm. on this matchup where Kahuku will still be the favorite, but I don't know how anybody could write off Campbell and not give them a chance because they are that strong.
3: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's kind of a shame that, you know, in this season we've had, an, well, frankly, we've had a lot of blowouts, right, and, and not a lot of entertaining games. Um, but but this weekend we'll have two on the same night, and uh, Campbell Kahuku, of course, and uh, Mililani Kapole both on Saturday. Um, you know, the Red Raiders are going to be at home on E. weimer Field. It's always tough to win there, uh, as uh, St. John Bosco found out a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- I think it's going to be, uh it's gonna come down to defense. You know, in in both of those matchups, uh Mililani Kapole as well as uh Campbell Kahuku, you know, Campbell is uh, averaging nearly forty four points a game and their their quarterback, Sangopolitelli, is he's been stellar. The the past few weeks they've done it without their star receiver, uh Tana Tavui. And so if they get him back, that's obviously a big boost to that offense that, that has been, you know, um operating uh pretty efficiently without him. So um, they'll need to, you know, avoid turnovers, of course, which this Kahuku defense has, you know, historically come up with and, and been able to turn them into points, you know, whether it's pick six or scoop and score. Um, they've been so dangerous in special teams as well. Campbell's going to Campbell's gonna have to, you know, keep them from being able to score in those other facets on defense and, and special teams and uh, be able to shorten the game with their, you know, quartet of running backs there to kind of stay in it. And I think it's kind of the same with that, uh, that Mililani couple matchup you know it's, it's clearly it's army sony is the guy for in mm. their quarterback and you know they, they've they you got to put a spy on that guy um, he is too talented too quick to uh you know rely on on uh defenders you know to, to kind of react um, without being assigned specifically to him so uh you know it's I think same thing you know they got to limit big plays and and I think quarterback play is going to be important for for both teams obviously but uh defense is going to come down to who makes the stops and and who's able to capitalize on field position?
1: It's amazing, in a way, that we were in September. Of course, last Saturday, and some schools like Y and I had senior night already in September. Uh, the OIA season is coming to an end, and the regular season only two weeks left. So, when you look at Campbell Kahuku, both four and zero, um, and in the Open A, and then the Open B, you got Miliani and Koppel A, both at four and zero. What's at stake for the teams, especially the teams that lose, come OIA playoffs and maybe state tournament time?
3: Yeah, um, I believe it's a six-team tournament for the Open Division, and so the top team obviously gets that bye that first weekend. That's huge, right? That puts you straight into the semifinals. You only need to win one game to get into the state tournament at that point. So um, for a regular season matchup, yeah, these are these are huge. Um, the assumption is that all four of those teams will take care of business the rest of the way after this matchup. And so uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, this is for that that bye this weekend. So uh, big matchups. Um, and then, you know, success this weekend can really set them up for, for a deep run in the postseason.
1: One last question for you, Kalani. We're talking about some of the power teams and the big games. And one game that was supposed to have taken place this Friday has been canceled, I at Castle. I guess there were multiple reports of uh, violence on campus at Castle wow. last week involving YNI and Castle students. Your thoughts on that situation?
3: Yeah, it's really unfortunate, you know. I'm um, really really unfortunate and uh, obviously understanding of the fact that the administrations of both Castle and i High School are choosing to err on the side of caution. Um but unfortunately, you know, the 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 ones who lose out are the student athletes, right? The football players on both teams. Not just the football players, but you know, the cheerleaders, the band, everybody who loses out on that experience and and you know, um it's it's late in the season now, you know, g- games are numbered. I believe uh this was potentially Castle Senior Night, I think. Um, and so it's just uh, it's sad all around, but it, I think it's somewhat telling of perhaps where we are as a society right now. Yeah, so. it is kind of
1: sad. But a lot of great football to look forward to and uh, playoffs right around the corner. Kalani, great to have you on again. Great to talk high school football as usual. Thanks again.
3: All right, guys. Have a great one.
1: All right, Thanks, thank Kalani. you so much. Kalani Takase from ScoringLive.com, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. And just a couple of weeks left in the regular season, so it's right around the corner for the playoffs of the divisions, and then the state tournament starting in November.
0: You know, I don't want to get too heavy, but what Kalani said there at the end with the whole thing of, of and fortunately it's where we are as a society, when you have, uh, you know, what we heard uh, on the news was somebody shows up to school with a gun. Really? Oh my gosh! I
1: know, really unbelievable s- and sad story. Of course, Poor
0: kids. All right, hey, you know what? Uh, come on, uh, as the uh, is it the monkeys or the Partridge family? Come on, get happy. <laughs> or Was that the Brady
2: bunch?
1: No, you got it right. It was the Partridge family. I can uh, I can remember those days.
0: All right, well, we're going to give away tickets to Rainbow Wahine volleyball for Friday night at the Stan Sheriff Center. If you're caller number three, the tickets are yours at eight zero eight two nine six. 1420. We'll get our winner coming up next. And just a reminder, if you want to catch some NFL football, do it this weekend at 850. Craft beer and whiskey bar at Leeward Bowl. They're open up early on Sundays at 6 a.m. You can stay all day, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh check it out. Uh Monday and Thursday night football. Uh they have happy hour poo-poo from four to seven daily. Uh so check it out. 850. The home of the new video wall and the place for UH college and NFL football. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. How the can
1: as fast as can
0: Good morning. It's a. Uh Muggy Tuesday with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu, Gary Dickman and Chris Hart. And uh, since we were talking about high school sports with Kalani from Scoring Live a second ago, uh, thank you for the email, Natalie, over at H uh, at the HHSAA. But they um, had a really great match in girls volleyball yesterday between Kapolei and Mililani. Get these scores. So, um... Couple wins the first two sets 25 to 18. So after that you're thinking okay we're going to go home early. Then Mililani comes up in the third set and they win 25 to 21. They win the fourth set 27 to 26. Can you imagine what that gym was like at Mililani? You're Rockin'. coming back and you're you're at home you cut you get blown out the first two games and then you come back and win this, uh, the fourth set 27 to 26. Now you're going to a fifth game. And Mililani ends up winning that 15 to 13, giving Kapolei their first loss. And Mililani remains undefeated. Congratulations to uh, some of these players who had great games. Uh, lots of stats for Kapolei, uh, Telefoni Purcell. She had 22 slam downs. Madeline Royal. Thirteen, Layla para Owen, Layla. I know I messed up your name, but the shout out to you with seventeen kills, for Mililani. You had Alexis Rodriguez, nineteen kills. Erica Roberts, fourteen kills. Man, we got some star players on those two teams. Anyway, congratulations to both teams for what I'm sure was just an exciting, exciting game in Mililani last night
1: sometimes just a fine line in winning and losing you might see a team sweep somebody but the sets could be 25 23 25 22 and again a point here and there makes all the difference in the world and I guess also as you read those scores a match is never over until it's over because teams can come back even though it looks like they're maybe not going to succeed early on
0: right and that's the and that's the um the, the crazy part is both teams are undefeated but the home team, Loses the first two, uh, first two sets, 25 to 18. That's not close. I mean, the, and then you're thinking, what is going on? And then they come back, but it is battled and battled and battled. It's
1: the fun of the sport, definitely.
0: Yeah, it's not like those those stinky boys who play football. <laughs> All those games are like 66 to nothing.
1: Yeah, that's true. But if you're going to, if you're going to be a 66 nothing, if you're going to be in that game, you want to be on the right side of that, the 66 part. Uh, and you, you described, or oh, you were asking or kind of hinting at the atmosphere. I imagine that place was going crazy last night. That's one thing about high school fans. They really get into it. The students showing up at these games
0: really create wow. a
1: great atmosphere.
0: And, you know, what? Mililani, not putting any other parents down uh, except the IA ones. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that was that – was when my son was at IAEA – Yeah, fan (laughs) IEA didn't show up for things. But uh, I don't know how it is now, so I shouldn't say anything. But one thing I do know is that Mililani fans show up home or away. Yeah, Yeah, They show up in force. They're a good crowd
1: most cheerleaders I've ever seen. I remember going to like the OIA basketball tournament when it was at McKinley and there'd be like 35 cheerleaders for Billy Lonnie. They always had the most as well. But your IA days, you know, there might not have been big, big crowds for those basketball games because I went to many of them, but they were enthusiastic. The PA announcer, eh, but the crowd and the fans were really enthusiastic.
0: Uh, I didn't do that many PA games. For the boys' games? Yeah. I did the girls' uh, uh, girls, the girls' games, games you did most, right, right. Yeah. Actually, you were very, uh, I'm just
1: joking. You were really entertaining. You really were.
0: I wasn't going for entertaining. I, I know. That's the part that made it even
1: more entertaining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, 808-296-1420. Let's take your text. We haven't even touched on UH football yet. Coming up in about 20, 20 25 minutes, Jordan Helley from Hawaii, Hawaii Football Now and Spectrum Sports is going to be joining us. Uh, we've done a lot of high school football this hour, but we'll do, uh, you know, uh, just because we've got the big matchups coming up. Hawaii football is on a bye, and uh, so that's why. the uh, Coaches are out recruiting. We'll get into that more coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, I forgot to say congratulations to Jordan from Kalihi, who just won the Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets. Now, if you want to score more, be listening this afternoon to Off the Bench with Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Uh, three things you need to know coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, mics are hot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it when that
0: happens. So it was, so it had some bad, un- unfortunate, uh, unfortunate. Uh, thing, whatever you were talking about.
1: Yeah, KHON2 News is reporting, breaking news, that there was a shooting at a mall in Thailand. Uh, Three people passed away, six people injured, and a 14-year-old arrested in the shooting. Wow. Oh,
0: my gosh. Wow. You know, exactly what Kalani Takase said a little while ago about the state of things. Anyway, good morning. A couple of minutes after 8 o'clock here with the Sports Animals. And uh, uh, three things you need to know. One of them is we got a big weekend in all kinds of high school sports this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look at the football schedule and that one game, oh, that's going to be a fantastic one where Kahuku and Campbell are going to meet at Kahuku. And I know Kahuku's the favorite, and we know what they did beating the number three team uh, last month, St. John Bosco. But that Campbell team, from everything I have seen, everything I've heard, everything I've read with the numbers, that is not going to be an easy game for Kahuku. They might be tougher to Kahuku than St. John Bosco was. That is a game to watch, both teams undefeated in the OIA uh, Open B Division. And then you've got Kapolei and Mililani, another great matchup. Both teams 4-0 as well. And only two games left in the regular season for these OIA schools. So it's getting down there.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's see. We've got uh, Major League Baseball playoffs starting today on your home for the playoffs and World Series here on ESPN Honolulu. So today at 9.08 a.m., that's uh, which game do we got?
1: Texas and Tampa Bay. You'll hear that on ESPN Honolulu. And over on CBS 1500, coverage starting at 10 a.m., first pitch at 1038, Toronto and Minnesota. Toronto's a team people don't really talk about. Uh, they've got some really good pitching in Bassett and Gaussman, and they've also got some unbelievable hitters in uh uh, 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 George Springer. I'm trying to think of the leadoff uh-huh. hitter. But even George
0: Springer, how old is he?
1: <laughs> That's Jerry Springer. You're thinking of?
0: No, I'm George <laughs> Springer. The guy that used to be on the Astros. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Really good player. Uh, They've got some talent they can hit. And they were just in a really tough division finishing in third. Uh, Minnesota, you know, you talk about the AL Central not being a strong division. It's not. Minnesota is still a pretty good team. But I think Toronto, even though they are the road team, and in this division's uh, wild card series, best out of three, all three games in each series are at the same stadium. There's no travel days, which means the the visiting team will be the visiting team if necessary for all three of those games. I don't like that.
0: Okay, uh, uh, University of Hawaii, of course, uh, we got Rainbow Wahine volleyball coming up against uh, Fullerton, Cal State Fullerton Friday, UC Irvine on Saturday. Uh, so it's game week for the Rainbow Wahine. Kate Lang will be on the program tomorrow. What time?
1: 8:35. Uh, and I feel bad. I don't. I, I don't know how to. Pre- you know, I'm sure. Obviously, she's aware of it. But I keep looking online in the newspapers yesterday, and there's no Kate Lang Big West Setter of the Week award this week. The streak apparently is over. Time to start a new one. But how dare they not to uh- vote her? It's her award, isn't it?
0: The Kate Lang Award. How yes. did she win? Four in a row? Four six. weeks in a row?
1: Well, five this oh, wow. year and one at the end of last season. So all five weeks she has won it this year and then won it the last regular season, of la- uh, week of last season. So six in a row technically, but didn't win it this week maybe because they only split uh, on the road still. I was a little surprised. No Amber Igd for Big West Offensive Player of the Week. I was a little disappointed in that.
0: All right. Uh, okay, so that's coming up. We've got uh, University of Hawaii Football They are on a bye, and a good time for a bye, kind of in the middle of the season here, where uh, they've got a lot of uh, bumps and bruises. A good time for the players to heal up a little, and a great time for the coaches who are actually on the mainland recruiting right now.
1: I do think it's a perfect time. I remember some some years past, we've had it maybe in week three, give or take a week, and I think that's a little too early because then you'll have that long stretch at the end of the season. And if you have it, I know other years it's happened once or twice where they have their bye maybe in week eight or nine. You know, that's a little bit too far. I think ideally to me, and I'm not sure how Timmy Chang feels, but middle of the season is probably a good time to have it, especially after you have one conference game. You know a lot of what you need to work on. You can still go out and recruit and hopefully take care of business come San Diego State in about a week and a half.
0: Yeah, and you know what? And When the coaches get back, or maybe they're back already, I don't know. Oh, by the way, no call the coach. Uh, Excuse me, no Timmy Chang show uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, We originally were scheduled to have one, and some folks asked me in Las Vegas about that. I said, "Yeah, sure, we got a Timmy Chang show," but uh, they said, "You know what? We got we got to stick to business and uh, do some recruiting at JC schools uh, on the mainline." So, no uh, Timmy Chang show this week. Now. I, w- oh, I was oh I was saying something too, and I interrupted myself, and now I forgot. That's what I get.
1: <laughs> I know how I feel. No, I'm just joking.
0: <laughs>
1: well, with UH football, you know, again, the bye week, we think is at a really good time. I, I okay. obviously you're recruiting; that's a priority, but you're also trying to fix what needs to be fixed. Come the rest of conference play, you still have those seven games left.
0: Well, yeah, but what I, I remember what I forgot um, is that uh, it gives you extra time to prepare for San Diego State.
1: Yeah, I think that's – I mean, anytime you have an extra week, you're supposed to be better prepared, maybe have a little bit better chance of winning, oh, all sure, things being equal. Sure. So that is something in their corner. And San Diego State has been struggling a little bit this season. Uh, it doesn't seem like their offense has been quite there. And, and we know they're still a good team, and it seems like they're one of those schools, Chris. Being, I go back to Marshall Falk, of course, but even in recent years, they always give Hawaii <laughs> a hard time. Now, we've beaten them. We beat them in San Diego in Rolo's second year, I think, become bowl eligible, Right. Uh, steal that spot away from them. But that's always a team that has given Hawaii fits for the most part. They and Boise, obviously.
0: Okay, so that was when we were like, we had to, we beat them and we became like six and seven or something like that. Because one of those bowl games under uh, Coach Rolo, we were six and seven, and then remember San Diego State's uh, uh, GM. San Diego State's AD was kind of mouthing off saying, we deserve to be there, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And we said, yeah, sorry. And then we beat them. And
1: overtime, I believe, on the road. Yeah. Which made it it even more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, it really was.
0: It really was. So
1: I'll give you more time to prepare. And I know, you know, after the Vegas game, there are people who are a little bit down on this team. That's always going to happen after a loss. And I'm not trying to sound too much of a homer, but I still think there's a lot of football left, and I'm still a believer in this team, in this coaching staff. Not that they're going to win the Mountain West. I don't think that's going to happen this year, but I do think that they still have a chance to have a productive, successful season. They haven't improved as much as I would have hoped over these first six games on a week-to-week basis, but there is still talent there, and I'm not giving up on this team. It was a tough one last week, again, but I still think they can right this ship and still have a maybe even a 500 season or close to
0: it. Yeah. Uh so what is our record now? Two, two, and 2 and 4. 2 and 4. Yes. Uh there's been there there's 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 worse teams out there. There there's teams out there with worse a lot of teams out there with worse records than Hawaii has. You know, the um again, the problem I guess what Hawaii has to figure out for some reason is being outplayed big time in the first quarter, right? For the most part, and yes. And third down conversions. Hawaii is 27 of 84 uh, on third down conversions. 32% on third down conversions doesn't sound very good to me. And one of the reasons we got blown out is, you know, we didn't have the ball against uh, UNLV. We were one for 11 on third down conversions.
1: When you can't extend drives like that, and you have the ball yeah. for two minutes and I think 18 seconds in the second quarter, yeah, your chances aren't going to be high. And that's something where you know people have said, well, they're too predictable. And I know we talked to John Veneri about that yesterday. I, I think maybe yes and no. I mean, they have tried a few different things, but if you're successful at certain things, you want to keep doing it. And they do have really good receivers. That's not anything as far as being biased. Steven McBride and Patheli Aslock are the real deal. There's other guys well, like Nishadiah so coming
0: Yeah, Yeah. Nishigaya, Alex Perry, they got a lot of really good receivers. And you are not even
1: seeing Chucky Hyde. Nick Seneca, we we saw an appearance last week. He actually caught, I think, three passes, I believe, for the first Mm -hmm. time in a while. Nothing against him, just that we have other talent there. And we do have talented guys there. I think Shager is better than what some people give him credit for. He's not a great quarterback, but we can see that he's had some really nice passes with his receivers at times. He needs, though, more time.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, when somebody commented about Hawaii being predictable, they were saying, okay, when Isaac... Uh, um, Solo Vipulu. Uh, Solo Vipulu. <laughs> Isaac Sapawanga was coming to my mind. When Isaac, Actually, I'd love Isaac Sapawanga to come into the game right now. Uh, when Solo Vipulu comes in, you know it's a pass. Now, I don't know this for sure, but this is what someone was saying. When Solo comes in, you know it's a pass. When when Tylen Hines comes, Hines comes in, you know it's going to be a run. Now, okay, if you know that, then do the uh, okay. If the other team thinks okay, they're going to run on this, and then they see Solo come in the game, are they changing the defensive scheme all of a sudden? I don't think so. Are they? Pro- do they have time?
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. It depends on each player, each situation. There was a play, a a drive on Saturday, excuse me, uh, second quarter where Braden Shager got sacked once and pressured another time. So it was third and long. And they were on their own, I think, 10, 12-yard line, and solo comes in. Now, to me, he came in, like you said, we know it's going to be a passing play, but even more so because Shager just got hit or, or sacked two plays in a row. You need extra blocking in there. You need a strong blocker in there. The funny thing was, and I just isolated my eyes on solo he's blocking up the middle everybody else avoided him on unlv they just went around the edge to get to shaker now they didn't get him and it wasn't a play that gained more than a couple of yards if that but solo Vipula was left almost unguarded they just went around him to get to the quarterback but he was in there specifically to block because of what happened on the previous two plays
0: yeah it's it, he's looking on the inside when he's got to help him on the outside look the guy's learning that position as well. But, hey, you know what? That's our team. We back them 100%. Let's go broad hood You know what? Uh, coming up in a few minutes, Jordan Helle from Hawaii Football Now, and he covers UH, UH football on Spectrum Sports. He's going to join us. But the Zephyr Insurance text line is open at 808-296-1420. And this goes back to earlier in the show when we are talking about high school football a lot. And this texter says... Time to end cross divisional games in high school football in Hawaii. Too many lopsided scores and more potential for injuries. Years ago, I was a team physician for high school football, and that's when a lot of injuries occurred. And that's what we've been screaming to the rooftops for the last couple of years. Why are you doing this? This is it's un, it's why they uh, the HHSAA. Under the leadership of Keith Amamiya, why they came out and created a division two, because of in, because of safety factors. It's almost like nobody's thinking anymore. Oh, they got a division one and division two, but they have these you know the open divisions and division ones and division twos. Everybody just play each other. I mean, I mean, you you want to keep the ki- safety should be the goal, shouldn't it? That's the first
1: thing. Of course it should be. And like you said, that's why it was created. And even more so when you have the OIA Open A, OIA Open B, you don't need that. You already got the ILH schools kind of isolated from the OIA schools where those games don't count, even though they're both in the open division. And then you have, for example, Millie Lonnie and Campbell don't play this year. Why not? Because they're in the different division on the OIA. That I, I just can't get over that. And mm-hmm. I just think you'd be able to fix it. Instead of having these games against, like, open against D1, why? It's just unnecessary. Uh, I'm looking at Campbell's schedule. And, again, they had Waipahu, Iaea. They did have Liberty and Nanakuli. But look how many games against the open division. Uh, they've got uh, Kahuku, Punahou, and I think one other game, and that's it in the open division, as, uh, that's just no reason for that. Why not have them play everybody, at least in the OIA side, if not more ILA school? That would be great matchups. It's a win-win for everybody. I mean, I know some schools are going to lose games, more games because of that, but, that's again, that's the reason we have those divisions, and why not play everybody? It just doesn't make sense.
0: I feel you. Uh, somebody wants to know, Gary, what do you think of Jimmy Butler's new hairstyle? Um, it's not for me. Uh, it was funny. It was interesting. I do like
1: him. Uh, but I was kind of—I caught me off guard. I—I I couldn't look at his face during the interview. I kept looking at his hair the whole time.
0: I thought it was beautiful. It was beautiful, flowing hair. It, look, if you're wondering what we're talking about, think of the flock of seagulls keyboard <laughs> player. That's what. Iran. Or or Donald Trump, kind of. It was. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. Here's one. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay,
1: this is. I got one. Okay. Somebody wanted to know about with the ML – I'm talking about the runner on, in, on second base in the 10th inning in Major League Baseball. One of the rules I'm not a fan of. Somebody wants to know if that takes place during the playoffs. It does not. So they're not trying to get the games over quicker. They would like to have some of these games in a little quicker for TV reasons. But, yeah, the runner in, in second base in extra innings It would be the 10th and additional innings is not taking
0: place in the playoffs. Mm, okay. Uh, here's one. Hey, Gary, quick adjust your skirt your subtle passive but all too visible bias against deon sanders is showing the talk has died down back to earth nobody said anything credible about colorado being in the national playoffs this year but even with back-to-back losses coach prime is as prime as ever and this team is still coming just like those top recruits to boulder uh, as far as him being
1: as prime as ever, one, and I'm not really bashing him, I, I did give him credit, I said that I'm kind of in the middle on some of his antics, but I think also... Antics? I, what would an antic be his antics Deion's Like what? Okay, well, for example, a lot of the stuff he was saying before the Colorado State game, to me, was a way to promote his appearance on 60 Minutes the next day, and I have for no example? doubt... For example, some of the comments about Jay Norville and the sunglasses and, you know, uh, how Jay, Jay Norville started it, but Dion took it and ran with some of right. those
0: comments. Us against the world. Exactly as a smart coach would do. It was locker room material. It's fine for him.
1: I, I, he should do something like that. But I don't, th- I don't think Nick Saban or others would have taken it to that extent. And that's fine if he wants to do it. I just don't care for it. Uh, and, again, it's not that I hate it or anything. I'm bashing him. Uh, he, he's into so much self-promotion and again, if I don't, you know, that's what he wants to do, fine. But at some point, you got to win football games. And he right. had started off really well. But, but I, I, is, I'm allowed to bash him. I don't have to like everybody.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Is he into really self promotion? Oh, yes. He's he's answering questions. He's not coming out and saying stuff. He's answering questions. I think so. Now, that's... it's not his fault that The Rock and everybody uh, who is somebody wants to be in that locker room. Oh, I think and, part and of it is his he's, fault or he's his doing. Show, maybe he's showbizing a little bit, but isn't that what college football is all about? No, no. it's not about. Wait a minute, it's not about uh, winning and losing or the student athletes. It's only it's become a business. This is what you're going to get when you're trying to when you when it's all about entertainment and entertainment dollars. That's what th- college football has become. Well, it's been in business for a very long time. I don't think it's all no, about
1: entertainment. I think that's low priority today, on there. Not with
0: today's television contracts. He is going out there, and the Big 12 is going, yeah, we got all that money. We got all those eyeballs now coming to the Big 12. i tell you what, we got to take a break and get back to UH football with Jordan Helle. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hey, if you want to win some money, win some cash money, You can win $1,000 cash. It's a grand prize for Pigskin Pig Out. Pigskin Pig Out. I said it again. (laughs) Pigskin Picks. Pigskin Picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. Check it out. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and uh, Young's Fish Market. Our weekly prize, $100 gift certificate. So uh, go ahead and register and win with ESPN Honolulu. to Animal's on ESPN Honolulu. Remember, Josh and Hunter have Rainbow Wahine volleyball tickets they're giving away this afternoon. Keep listening for that. And, uh, yeah, a lot to go over
1: at UH football. We're going to cover another topic as well. Jordan Helle joins us on ESPN Honolulu. Jordan, great to have you on again. And before we talk about your thoughts on UH football.
0: Okay. Uh, we just got cut off, so we're going to get um, get him back on the line here on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> But uh anyway so uh, Jordan is coming you said you were going to you had know, another subject
1: Well I gonna talk about the high school game on Saturday Lahaina Luna get oh, his thoughts okay. on that I'm not sure if he was there but I want to get his thoughts on that from his perspective at least before we uh, get into UH
0: Right okay yeah we were on the mainland I did not uh didn't I just uh, you know caught some recaps of it but um but yeah I'm t- I'm sure him and his dad were doing the game. That's what I would think. That's what I would think. So
1: we'll get him back on here in a second. And, of course, it does feel strange, though, without UH football, we're not getting on opposing coaches or media. But it is a good break for everybody. But we have Jordan Helle on, like all of us, enjoying the bye week, hopefully. Jordan, great to have you on. I want to start off, though, asking your thoughts on the Lahaina Luna-Baldwin game. I imagine you were there. We were in Vegas. But tell us a little bit about that experience and the
2: atmosphere. Yeah, Gary, it was uh, it was incredible. You know, um, it was it was cathartic in a lot of ways. Uh, to just a, just a terrific atmosphere, um, and I think uh, a nice way to um, kind of get the community back together. Um, the Lahaina community, in particular, obviously uh, what they had been through, and um, you know, being there and, and hearing from folks that, that you know I know, and and seeing it, but um, it was a reunion in a lot of ways. Uh, folks had. You know, I had the opportunity to to see people and friends and classmates and um, you know uh, you know distant family members, family friends that they hadn't seen in a while. Some you know, in terms of a while from you know from August eighth, and some some in years. Uh, and so, I think for a lot of people, you know, that was that was my big takeaway. Obviously, the game on the field and what those kids and those coaching that coaching staff uh, has gone through to get to this point where they're back on the field, they're playing games. Uh, they are fully cognizant and aware of the magnitude of the season and the magnitude of, of just being on the field and providing sort of this rallying point for the, you know, the West Side community. But, yeah, that was that was one of my big takeaways. You know, uh, one of our family friends, uh, she's a line lunar grad, um, uh, a generation, you know, above me and. You know that was that was something that she said immediately, and I saw it there as well. You know, a lot of people just uh, seeing familiar faces that they hadn't seen in a while, and sharing a laugh, sharing a hug, sharing some tears. You know, in, in certain certain instances, and, and that was that was the really cool part about it. And then obviously, you know, Lion Luna plane playing pretty darn well, uh, and getting a victory to, to help make that even sweeter.
1: I, be- I believe I heard correctly that Drew Brees even zoomed uh, with the team earlier last week before the game. That's pretty cool as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really awesome. I hadn't heard that, but uh, you know, there's there's been a an outpouring of support, obviously, right through uh, through, through charitable donations, through time uh, given, through things like that, right. Uh, every little thing has has helped along the way in the process, and uh, that's that's really cool to hear. Jordan Helle
1: joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. You can check out he and Hunter Hughes with the Hawaii Football Now podcast at ESPNHonolulu.com. Also at Spectrum Sports for UH game, uh, -game, pregame, halftime, and postgame. So let's talk UH football at six games into the season. What stands out to you the most?
2: uh, It's a work in progress. You know, this, this is a group that, it's been a mixed bag. We've seen some really good at times uh, from both sides of the football. Uh, we have seen a team that is clearly capable of throwing the football, right, in terms of volume, uh, a team that is clearly capable of stretching the field vertically, which was pretty absent the first half of last season under, uh, you know, in the first year of this current regime. Um, they have they have been able to do that, Um but it's just the, the the massive inconsistencies, and a lot of that has to do with with the play up front, right? And and I think that has been the the biggest glaring, um, you know, area of improvement is is the offensive line play, is protecting Braden Shager, and, and part of that, you know, and and I think you know anybody familiar with with offensive line play and and any former offensive line will tell you, right? They, the quarterback's got to help him out a little bit, and that's getting the ball out of Shaker's <laughs> hands and, and whatnot, you know, a little quicker. Um, and, and in no way am I trying to say this is all on Roman Sopolo's group. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case at all. But it, it, it's got to be better, right? You can't get sacks five, six, seven times a game. You can't be averaging darn near five sacks a game. Um, that's just not going to be a good recipe. They, they don't run the football with as much efficiency as I think they wanted to and had in mind coming into the season. And so, you know, they make up with some of that via the deep ball, and that's really a lot of the ways that they have scored points have been big strikes. And you love that. You want that explosive element from your offense, but the ability to sustain drives, keep that defense off the field, in uh, a defense that, you know, at times this year, like the second half against New Mexico State, it has looked terrific. Um, you know, uh, the run game maybe after the first quarter against Vanderbilt looked pretty darn good, and then at times, you know, they – it looks like last year, um, like we saw against UNLV, where the Rebels just just had their way with them at the line of scrimmage. And that is a really good offense, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I think just the, just the inconsistency, and I think that's, that's part of the growing process. <laughs> um, and so, you know, th- th- I think the question remains to be seen, is the inconsistency going to doom this season, or is the inconsistency going to result in six wins, you know, and maybe a bowl berth, because uh, that's still in play here. And so... Yeah, it's just it's just the the matter in which you know they've they've got to find a way to to, to kind of cut out the the valleys, if you will, and and maybe the peaks are good, but but just just kind of keep treading forward, you know.
1: A lot of people keep bringing up the play calling, questioning it, wondering what are your thoughts uh, about the play calling overall since Timmy Chang has taken that over.
2: Yeah, I think you know it's such a it's such a delicate art. Play calling you know and and I think for for Timmy taking that over full-time this season you were going to see growing pains and and I think you know and 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 just based on and this isn't this is just pure observation this isn't from any conversations or anything with Timmy right I think you know even though the run and shoot element was was labeled it was promoted and everything you could tell he he wanted to establish the run, uh, and I think rightfully so. I think no matter what offense you want to run, if you can if you can establish a bit of a ground game, things become so much easier. Um, first downs become easier, big plays become more frequent. Um, you know, the ability to to hold on to the football and sustain drives become uh, you know much easier. and they just have not been able to do that with any sort of regularity. Uh, and I think it's become much more difficult for this offense to produce quality drives, uh, and then you start relying on, you know, the pass too much. And I get it, right? That that's the run and shoot, right? Jordan, they should be they, they should be throwing it on every down. And mm-hmm. and I think it points that has been some of their best offense, uh, but they haven't quite learned the the, the rhythm they need to, to to work a lot of those short underneath passes, the arrows, the quick outs, the quick hitches that'll get you the five yard five yards of pop, and all of a sudden that becomes your run game. And I think that that element has just been missing. Uh, and I think for Timmy at times, they have found it in spurts. They just haven't been able to find it for a half for a game. Uh, I think we saw a bit of that second half in New Mexico State, right? There was just a rhythm to that offense. And I, and that's hard to find as a play caller. Um, and I think he, he, while balancing everything else, it's, it's, it's a work in progress, kind of like his guys on the field, right? Um, and that's not an excuse for him. Uh, I think it's just a natural sort of progression. And, and, um, and I, you know, the, f- for his high standards that he holds himself to, you know, he's going to want to improve on that as the season goes on. But I think it's just been really hard with the fact that they haven't been able to, to get the ground game going and they haven't been able to kind of get that rhythm short passing game going as well.
1: All right. One minute. Go last question going into the UNLV game. I thought Hawaii has done a better job defending the run. compared to last year. Now, 307 yards later, <laughs> I wouldn't say the same thing, but I want to get your take on the defense overall. And a lot has been made of the tackling or at times maybe the lack of.
2: Yeah, it looked, it looked like last year, right? it looked like the first half of the week before against New Mexico state. I think you're right. I think they have been better overall against the run. I think you can point to some very tangible Vanderbilt, <clears throat> other areas. Um, I, I will say they, they have to be better at tackling, right? You you can scheme it up, you can talk about it from Coach Yoro's standpoint, but you gotta make tackles. When the plays are there be made, you gotta make the plays. That's there's no doubt about that. I will say silver lining, if you wanna look at it that way, that UNLV team, that running attack, that's about as good as they're gonna see. Like there they're not a lot of teams on the Mountain West schedule outside of Air Force that run the football like the rebels do. And I think, you know, for Hawaii, you gotta take your wounds, you gotta kinda, you know, regroup and reheal here and obviously you're going to play a san diego state team that likes to pound the rock as well but outside of air force there there's nobody left on the schedule that's as dynamic as running the football and so they got to be better um but they're going to have some more fair fights if you will going forward
0: right i mean besides the you know in the second and third quarters hawaii had the ball for a combined five minutes i mean these guys had healthy legs they had 10 running backs i mean it was just healthy fresh legs throughout the game that'll do it but hey jordan we'll check out the podcast and we'll uh, we'll watch you on tv thank you very much thanks jordan hey thanks. thanks guys take care all right well, good guy man uh jordan helle you'll see him on spectrum sports and you can also see him on uh with hunter hughes on hawaii football now coming up on espn honolulu let's take a we'll take some texts if you get them in at 808-296-1420 and then uh, let's take a look at this it was a lot of upsets In the NFL this past week, it was crazy. Uh, Let's kind of look at what's coming up uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll be right back. Good morning, sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu. The weather today, it's going to be sunny and muggy. Stay cool, stay indoors. Man, Uh, today is National Techies Day. You know, the techies? Oh. They say that that, the people in the tech business are our future. (laughs) In fact, by 2030, three out of four jobs will have a tech requirement. Just wow. as long as, just as long as they're not replaced by AI. By 2030, all those guys are going to be out of jobs.
1: Well, the requirement, I guess, that most a <laughs> lot of places I know, that I'm not sure they require it, but you see, almost everybody on social media, when I mean, you see like all the sportscaster, their their Twitter no, handle or X that's handle that's is not, on the street.
0: That's, that's not tech. That's not tech. That's social media. Do you doesn't know what AI is by the ch- yeah. Any way? Yeah, but doesn't, it, doesn't artificial intelligence? Thank does, you. But... I thought you were going to say Alan Iverson. Well, that wall. too.
1: <laughs> but wouldn't uh, social media kind of be under tech because it, you do it on you know tech devices? No, no, no. I'm reaching.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, email is tech for some people, but <laughs> yeah. My <it> gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? Oh, um, uh, in the NFL, there was a lot of uh, upsets over the uh, over the weekend. And you got some really good games. You know, it doesn't really have anything to what we're talking about, really. But one thing we saw is the Buffalo Bills are who we thought they were. You know, we were riding high on the Miami and Tua Tonga Bailoa thing, and they were no match for the Buffalo Bills.
1: No, they weren't. I think some people had written Buffalo off too easily or too quickly, and I guess maybe because the Jets beat them on Monday night without uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Zach Wilson actually got a win, although it wasn't really because of him. But Buffalo is still too talented. They're in that mix. I mean, Cincinnati I might write off, and especially if they lose this week, one in four, they got Arizona on the road. But Buffalo, I think, is going to be in there in the end in hey. the AFC playoffs. And Arizona beat the Cowboys. And they were competitive last week. Uh, who did they lose to last week? They lost to the nine. Oh, they weren't competitive. They lost by nineteen. Sorry, uh, but they've been a little bit better than people thought. Just the fact that they're one in three, and people think
0: they're tanking to get Caleb Williams. <laughs> I think the Raiders are tanking. But anyway, okay. So this is the se- we should really call this segment "What We've Learned So Far in the NFL." And one of them is that the Chicago Bears aren't bad; they're horrible.
1: They are bad. In fact, I took a screenshot the other day in one of the Chicago newspapers. One of the reporters gave them their grades, and every single category is an F. Everything. (laughs) Everything. And that just shows right there how bad they are. Yeah, that's an awful football team. They lost to Denver, who's not that good themselves. But, yeah, the Chicago Bears are not good.
0: You know, and and I thought that we were seeing Justin Fields. I mean, people were kind of talking about him. More than and in fantasy football he was great last year because of his legs. Yeah. But as as him kind of getting it together and I think they've taken a step back. You know what we've also learned is don't sleep on the Houston Texans or C J
1: Stroud. He's got over 1,000 yards already, I think 1,200 and something. I think the biggest uh, stretch to start a career in the first four games. I think he might have broken Andrew Luck's record, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're in a division that's winnable. All four teams are 2-0 and in the AFC South. But C.J. Stroud looks to be that rookie quarterback who's excelling more so than anybody else, including a Bryce Young or any of the others. Uh, just I mean, some of it is injuries and stuff like that, but he looks legit on a team that people had already given up on.
0: Right, and you know what? And the, the Detroit Lions have picked up right where they left off. They're on an upward trend. Now, part of that is they're in a division with the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Packers are 2-2, two and two, but they are nowhere near on the level of where Detroit is playing right now.
1: no. And they're not nearly as good as they were when Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers were on that team for a number of years. But I think, it's to me, I look at the uh, NFC North, and I think it's more that Detroit is good more than the other teams are not good, even though they're not. I just like what Detroit has done. I'm going to give Dan Campbell a lot of credit. I'm kind of happy for Jared Goff. Uh, I'd be a little happier if he got more than 20 points in a fantasy game for me. But uh, (laughs) I I am happy that he's kind of resurrecting his career after a lot of people left him for dead. Or resurrecting. Resurrecting, yeah. Because uh, a lot of people gave up
2: on...
0: Or resurrecting. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, Anthony Richardson, he's the real deal. I remember before the draft started, there were many people, not one or two, many people who said, oh, he's so raw and he might be good in a few years. He's not a very accurate pastor, blah, 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 blah.
1: He could be rookie of the year. He's back. He missed the one game. I think he had a concussion, but he is the real deal. And I was one of the ones who said when I, when uh, Florida played Kentucky last year, I thought Will Levis was better for Kentucky than Anthony yep. Richardson was for Florida. Uh-huh. I thought he was good, but not very good. And he yeah. has uh, – yeah, he shut that up for me at least because he, he has shown <laughs> at least early on that not right. only does he belong, he's legit.
0: He's good. Yeah, he's super – I mean, that's not – the C.J. Stroud, the way he's playing, uh, this will turn out to be a good rookie class. What, I'm, what I think we're discovering is – that Kenny Pickett being – I believe he was the first quarterback chosen in 2022. Two, uh, That wasn't a very good class for quarterbacks because Kenny Pickett is not the man and he's not going to be the future, I believe. But what Pittsburgh. does he have around him, though, right now?
1: That Pittsburgh Steelers team doesn't have the great offensive line that they did, even though Najee right. Harris, who I like, he's not – so they don't have the receivers. Some of them left, like oh. Chase Claypool.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they were, Smith glad that, a few years ago. they were glad that uh, Chase Claypool left. He's, mm. you know, what they've got Deontay Johnson. Their their receivers are fine. Uh, the offensive line is not. But you know, it's kind of like Hawaii. The receivers are great. Offensive line's got a lot of work to do. Maybe, I don't know. We'll figure it out uh, in Pittsburghville. But we found out that the New England Patriots are horrible. Why was Mac Jones better as a rookie than he is now?
1: Maybe the weapons around him is part of it. I, I still don't think they've got. And again, they've been like that for years with Brady. Where they didn't have unbelievable, you know, Pro Bowl type. Oh, they had Pro Bowl, but not all Pro type receivers. But they made the most they of them. Even,
0: they didn't even have Pro Bowl receivers. Yeah, I mean, so, they had Dion Branch. Right, right. He was he MVP of the so, Super Bowl. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, but I mean, who? These guys aren't uh, All Star caliber
1: receivers. They had He's tight ends had though. They had Gronk. That was that was a lot right back then. Sure. All right. Uh, one thing i looks, learned after yeah. four games, I think okay. jo- Josh McDaniels is going to get fired sometime, if not yeah. at the end of the season, during the season. He'll be
0: the first guy fired. Easily the first guy fired. Uh, I mean, that's uh, what everyone's saying. Uh, the um, Cincinnati Bengals, you mentioned it. It's Wow, that's surprising at 1-3. But the New York Jets, I mean, with that performance against Kansas City, I'm not saying with that, you know what, Zach Wilson looked a lot better and that's a that's you know not a bad defense he was playing against now the jets play the broncos on the road this week and i'm picking the new york jets to win that game
1: I hope you're right. Zach Wilson had a career-high completion number with 28 against the Chiefs uh, on Sunday night, and it was a better game for him. They're not disappointing to me because if they had Aaron Rodgers, they wouldn't have a 1-3 record, or they wouldn't be this bad. Uh, Zach Wilson is what he is. It's not all his fault, but they don't have anybody else right now. But they are disappointing, and Aaron Rodgers still isn't ruling out coming back at some point. I don't see that happening at all. All because if the Jets are doing really well with Zach Wilson, big if, why replace him with Aaron Rodgers at that point of the season? And if the Jets are doing horrible, which I do expect, why would you bring Aaron Rodgers back for a couple of games near the end if you're doing horrible? You probably want to lose more games to get a better draft pick anyway.
0: Okay, coming up on ESPN Honolulu, we're going to close out the show with your text on the Zephyr Insurance text line. And the re- one of them I want to bring up from Keanu, I see this. He uh, I missed it, but he texted a while ago on the question of the biggest of the biggest college football story. At least in our generation, we didn't even touch on this. He nailed it on the head. That's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Hey,
3: yeah, where are we?
0: Let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy coming up uh, today. Would it be today at 12 noon? Yeah, the baseball game will be over, right? It should be over around noon, yes. All right, we've got uh, um, um, wild card baseball coming up. Oh, in about uh, 20 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu, it is the Toronto Blue Jays and the... Toronto uh, Toronto plays Minnesota, Tampa
1: Bay plays... uh... (laughs) <laughs> who's coming up next well it'll be tampa bay next the first game it'll be tampa bay hosting texas then toronto's uh, at minnesota uh coming up at 10 38 that's on cbs 1500
0: all right so we got uh we are home for the baseball playoffs in your exclusive oahu radio home as always for the world series here on espn honolulu keanu texted in and the conversation was gary said somebody i don't know who but gary said somebody said that the biggest um the biggest story of college football in his lifetime was um the deon sanders story and keanu texted in and he said tebow was way bigger than Dion. you know what that's got to be one of the top college football stories of all time sure and tebow is still so huge
1: okay i'm gonna give you a couple of more i think that are bigger than my Dion. son's
0: Dog's name is Tebow, for crying really? out loud. Yeah. Wow,
1: wow. Uh, how about Johnny Manzella as a freshman? You can say what you want about him now, but beating Alabama on the road, winning the Heisman as a freshman, I mean, at the that time, was cool. that was a really big story. Maybe second to Tebow, maybe not, but that was a really big story as well.
0: Yeah, I think Dion is big, but Tebow, remember, was, Tebow brought in people who weren't even college football fans. Right. That's the craziness of uh, Tim Tebow. Dion Sanders, uh, you know, he's making people like The Rock and people like that pay attention, but not the way the world did with Tim Tebow.
1: Right, definitely.
0: Uh, on Colorado Football, uh texter here says, let's see how Colorado finishes the season before giving Dion all the accolades.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my point. It's too small of a sample size to kind of anoint him as a savior.
0: Right. Well, three out of five games have been against national uh nationally ranked teams and they're three and two so they're they're doing okay okay Uh, but not great to me well they lost to you know what a couple of teams that will probably be playing for the national championship who knows hey uh this uh texter says plenty of upsets this past weekend uh probably talking about nfl i stay plenty upset my parlay sheet never hit the past weekend okay that was somebody in vegas not somebody from chinatown okay uh let's see here's one just came in aloha animals seen you at the cal broadcasting just came home on hawaiian air after a two-day delay up there due to a lightning strike reports are that lightning hit a plane while it was on the ground thankfully and that's why a lot of people are coming in late is that on the
1: news or anything? No, I looked all over wow. for it. I only heard it word on the street, basically. But, yes,
0: nothing on yeah. the news that I saw. Uh, he's uh, The texter continues to say, Allegiant Stadium too loud by choice. And that's from Wesley. I don't understand.
1: I've never heard of a stadium being too loud because I have maybe on here as well. I thought it was great. It was a great atmosphere. You know what? Even when Hawaii had some big plays and scored the TDs, the crowd was pretty loud. I loved it. I thought it was a great atmosphere, even though again it wasn't full, but twenty five thousand people created a really good atmosphere there. I, I don't know if it was too loud, not to make.
0: There was twenty five thousand people? Yeah, 20, That's
1: it? Yeah, twenty five. They only had the lower level open, remember, but right. yeah, twenty five and change.
0: I have never seen so many UNLV football mm. fans at a game. What would you say? It was twenty thousand UNLV, five thousand Hawaii? I would say close to that, yes. Maybe eighteen to seven, something like that. Somewhere a lot of there. Hawaii fans. But man, it wasn't the old days of there's more Hawaii fans. Than uh, UNLV fans, right? That was different. That, that it was a sea of red. Uh, here's a text from the three seven three. Tebow and Manziel were only big because of social media nowadays. Dion and get this, Dion and Bo were big without the internet. Everybody knew about Dion Sanders and Bo um, Jackson. I was, Bo Jackson, sorry. But wait That's a minute. True. Bo Jackson was a great story. Yeah, but
1: wait a minute. I don't think Manziel and Tebow played at the height of social media. I mean, that was kind of the beginning stages of a lot of,
0: I mean, you know. Oh, sure, the, Johnny Manziel did. It was a like five years ago. Not, not in college. No, he didn't. You sure? Yeah, you're sure, you're he, sure. he played the
1: year tail played in college. Remember, he won. Yeah, the they the- had
0: lots of social. I mean, granted, TikTok wasn't around. I don't then. think
1: Instagram, if it was around, wasn't as big.
0: Instagram's.
1: Oh, come on! This is like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. See, even your yeah wasn't very convincing.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but again, I, I mean, social media is bigger and bigger all the time. He's I, I, got a good point about Dion and Bo when they played, but it wasn't crazy. Imagine if it was like now when Manziel and, T, and uh, Tebow were doing what they did with social media with all the different forums.
0: I mean, I think it'd be a lot different. Yeah, Tebow was all over social media. But it wasn't, I don't think it was was as big as it is. he was also on every, you know, they're also filming filming him on Inside Edition as he's running in the rain without his shirt. Right. You know what I mean? America was crazy about Tim Tebow. America wasn't crazy about Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders. Sports fans were not America. That's what makes Tebow the biggest story in college football. Good point. Uh, Daryl texted in, we were talking about the Patriots and what's up with Mac Jones. He was better as a rookie. He says, Mac Jones had three offensive coordinators in three years. No cohesion. Actually, let me correct you. Uh, he had two offensive coordinators in three years. One year he didn't have an offensive coordinator. Last year. Thank you, Daryl. Matt Patricia, right? Right.
1: That's pretty anyway. amazing. You thinking about it, hearing it now
0: yeah all right uh the Zephyr insurance text line is open at two nine six fourteen twenty and uh more on tebow uh talking about the uh, biggest store the biggest stories in college football Tebow for sure he reaches way more than sports fans.
1: Yeah, I, again, everybody can have their own opinion on that, but those were stories that really captivated a lot. You know, I, I mean, I'm not, when I say this name, it's not because of the catfishing, but Manti Teo, even before all of that, was a pretty big story. Maybe not the biggest story in college football, but for a defensive player on Notre Dame that had the numbers and the success that he was putting up, leading them to a championship game performance. Uh, you, you know, they got blown out that year uh, by Alabama. Still, what Manti Teo did was pretty amazing,
0: too, around the country, not
1: just here in Hawaii.
0: Yeah, it was more in Hawaii. More. He was up for the Heisman Trophy because there weren't a lot of great offensive players that year, you'll remember. But he still he had over a hundred tackles, I believe, that year,
1: and just had again amazing career again before all the other stuff. But I thought even and even Marcus Mariota had. I mean again, any Heisman winner is going to have a really good year. But Marcus Mariota what well, he did going to the playoffs. I think that was the first year of the playoffs, and I think they played Florida State, if I'm not mistaken, with Jameis Winston. But I, I think he had a great year. But again, everybody can have their opinion, and maybe those weren't the biggest stories of all time. But and each can each to each his own. But those are pretty impressive, and I think more so on a national level, both Manti and Marcus kind of captivated a lot of people, got a lot of people's attention, that's for sure. So, again, that's one of the things we're talking
0: about. Uh, here's another... Also, they, yeah. also, real quick on that, uh, they also brought out what I hate is the stupid plastic lay thing, right? That one last game of Manti and all of it, and it was I guess it was mm. nice. I just, it just bothers me when they have those fake lays that everybody wears and all the students are wearing it's the you know the multicolored fake plastic yeah. lays that uh, anyway that's just a, a me thing. Oh, here's one real quick on Tim Tebow. Uh, Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel. Plus, it turned out both to- both can't play at the pro level. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. That's for sure. That's hey, for but sure. Tim Tebow is a good baseball player. He was maybe better in baseball, and he's a great person. Of course, doesn't
0: really. I mean, I don't think anybody can dispute that. But yeah, I mean, think about just... what he think about what he did though. I mean, he was like 30-something years old. He hadn't played baseball since high school. And, you know, granted, it was a publicity stunt for whoever those that minor Mets. league team was. But he, the, the, I don't know what minor league team it was. The best were a minor I mean, league team. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, he held his own on the, what was it, AAA level? Yeah, he Double did. A- he had
1: his moments. He had his moments in AAA, definitely. Yeah, he
0: definitely did. But, yeah. Um,
1: it also just shows just, how tough it is to make it to the next level. You can be an unbelievably great college player in football and basketball or any sport. doesn't mean you're going to be a great pro. It just shows that, you know, that's tough to make it that big. And those guys looked like they had can't miss. written. Oh, maybe not Debo because of the release and all that, but a lot of college football all-stars. Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, can't miss in the NFL. Well, they did miss.
0: Well, Reggie Bush was okay. Reggie Bush was okay. He, I don't think he was a total flop. No, yeah, kind of a long career, but yeah, I mean, you thought that Lendell White, you thought that Matt Leinart, you thought a bunch of those guys would be big stars. Part of it is some guys just don't have the work ethic True. to, uh, you know, to keep up because now all of a sudden you're not the big dog anymore. Anyway, we got to go. Uh, baseball coming up, playoff baseball coming up, the wild card game in ten minutes here on ESPN Honolulu.